thinking about the baby in the manger, we also need to think about like the Christ who is alive, the Christ who is alive in our hearts and redeemed us from our sins. There can't be a Christmas without Easter. Hark the herald angels sing glory to on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu For a child will be born to us a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. I am reading this from Isaiah 9, 6. And this is such a, a special verse just to begin uh, this first day of December. This is December 1st, and we're entering into one of my favorite seasons ever, which is Christmas. Ah! <laughs> and if you heard that voice, help me welcome my dear friend, Deb Victim. Hello. And I know you got married. So yeah. it's Deb what- Victim Miguel now. Okay. So, so I got I to gotta get this going. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes a while. Yeah. It's been yes. a couple months, but it, I'm still getting used to it myself. So I am getting used to it myself too. So we're kind of like newlyweds yeah. and know. everything. So Kindred spirits. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. So I have uh, Deb Victim Miguel with, uh, with us today. So thank you so much for joining us. Of first course. of all, are you excited? for Christmas. I am. Yes. It's, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Right. It's the most wonderful. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. It's my, yes. I would say it's my favorite holiday. Yeah. Like whenever I get asked this question, because um, where I grew up, we never had Thanksgiving. So um, the, the major holiday of the entire year would be Christmas. And yeah. I don't know if most people on your podcast know this, but in the Philippines, the Christmas season starts as early as September. Oh yeah. So yeah. Like the, I know that feeling because in yeah. Dominican Republic, my dad will be oh, yeah. hanging the lights and yeah. literally the, like, the, September, all October. Malls, all the malls <laughs> playing Mariah Carey, Michael Bublé, you know, yes. all of the lights go up <laughs> because they're thinking like, oh, September. So the Burr month, like it's colder. <laughs> so they put up the winter wonderland. It's a tropical country. Oh <laughs> my goodness. I love you know, it. I love it. The feel. Yeah. And I'm so excited because it's definitely one of my favorite seasons and uh, my favorite holiday. Uh, Christmas is definitely one of my favorite holidays. And yeah, my previous, the ones who used to be my roommates, who is actually one, Juan is here right now, Andrea. <laughs> The one doing the audio for us. Um, Shout out to you. She knows how I how excited I get for Christmas. I'm like all about the decorations and oh, the decorate. But that's not what Christmas is all about. Yes. I think this Bible verse that I just read as starting this uh, the podcast, it tells us the reason why we're celebrating Christmas, and that is Jesus Christ Himself. The birth of Jesus Christ. So like what I, I want everyone, all of us mm-hmm. to be meditating on why, what's the reason why we're so excited about Christmas? Is it because exactly. of the lights? Is it because of the presence? Is it because of the, the creations? Or is it truly because that savior who gave up his life mm-hmm. for us, who was, who was crucified because of our sins is a center around Christ mm-hmm. or is a center about 
Yeah. The things that this world has to offer. Like material yeah. things. Yeah, like material. why focus on the created or the creatures yeah. when yeah. you could focus on the creator, like the exactly. giver, not the gift. Exactly. As they say. <laughs> exactly. And well, Dev is actually a singer. So since you're a singer, do you have a favorite Christmas song that you love to sing? Ooh. Um, actually, uh, one of my favorites as of recently, I would say, um, would be Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, mm. because, um, I also found out that that was one of, a. Uh, Pastor John MacArthur's favorite <laughs> Christmas songs, but that's not the reason why I like it. And it is the song that you're going to be singing at the end of this podcast. Yes. And yes. one of my dear friends is going to be playing the piano, yes. Silva. She's going to be playing the piano with you. So yeah. uh, yes, stay tuned because we're going to be listening to this song. After we hear her testimony, we're going to be able to hear that yeah. Christmas song just to put our hearts yeah. in our mind center. Just and I really love that song. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, 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 please. Go ahead, go ahead. Go. <laughs> um, I, I was just thinking of how, um, you know, you were you were mentioning about the meaning of Christmas. And I think that that song, I, I've been singing it since I was a kid. But then uh, as I read the lyrics, or what was at least going over it um, at church last year, I realized what a gospel-centered song this is because it talks about how um, there, there's a lyric, the third verse that says, born that man no more may die, um, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. And I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's exactly why Christ mm-hmm. came. Like, like for some reason, Christmas also um, for most Christians became centered around um, the baby in the manger, not mm-hmm. realizing that, that that baby grew up and had a plan, had a mission mm-hmm. um, to die on the cross to save mankind from mm-hmm. their sins. And so I think it's also important, aside from Christmas, thinking about the baby in the manger, we also need to think about like the the Christ who is alive, the Christ mm-hmm. who is alive in our hearts and redeemed us from our sins. There can't be a Christmas without Easter, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that's important to dwell upon too. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's like the opening of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> or the YouTube video. <laughs> thank you so much. No, I am like so excited. I'm so happy just for uh, Christmas. And I think like for at least for my family, it's always been big. Like Christmas oh, yeah. Eve is actually like the biggest day for us because it's like the time that we come together as a family. You know, we have lots of food. <laughs> Oh my word. It's like so much food, you know? And back in Dominican Republic, Mm -hmm. we didn't have like the presents, but we will play like the secret Santa or something like that. So that was like the only gift that anyone would receive. But I don't remember like so much the gifts, but it was more sharing around family, you know, our dinner and just like all the food. We just had a wonderful time together as a family. And and, and it was, I I will say that although it was, it wasn't like… Uh, the most Christian center, mm. um, we still celebrated Christ. It's just really sweet to remember uh, yeah. growing up. What about for your family? I'm yeah. very fortunate that um, when I was growing up, I was born into a Christian home. Mm-hmm. So I never had a memory of me not really celebrating Christ during Christmas. Mm-hmm. So my family and I, we would always have, it's the same thing, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, because Christmas Day, we want to, um, you know, reflect about the meaning of Christmas. So all of our festivities would be on December 24. <laughs> we'd have a giant feast. Um, yeah. It's usually called Noche Buena. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait. <laughs> okay. So you are originally from the Philippines. Yeah. yeah. Noche Buena is like what we call it too. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> 
So I think okay. it's a lot of these Spanish influences because yeah. the Philippines was um, colonized by Spain yeah. like for yeah. about 300 years. So there's a lot of Spanish influence in there. Yeah. They would have the Noche Buena and we'd throw a big feast, a big party. Mm-hmm. We'd also do um, the exchanging of gifts. Sometimes we'd like to play gifts like either Secret Santa or White Elephant. I don't know if you've ever played no. that game. It's a really interesting game. Huh. So you pile all of the gifts um, on the table and then everybody picks a number and basically you have to get um, a gift from the center, yeah. open it up in front of people and people have the opportunity when their number comes up, they have the opportunity to either steal your gift <laughs> or pick one from the center of the table. And until oh all the goodness. gifts have been taken, then the yeah. game keeps going. That is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're thinking, <laughs> if you're trying to come up with Looking some up. games or activities that you can do with your family, like just to celebrate together, something that you can do together, <laughs> this is a I will do this game. Yeah. So yes, just yes. think about Harmless that. fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can steal somebody else's gift. Yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. Share a little bit about your experience, you know, your experience. I think little Deb. Like, yeah, little Deb. <laughs> T- tell us about your life growing up. Uh, yeah. You were, you were growing in the, in the Philippines. Yeah. So what was life like for you there in the Philippines? Like I mentioned, I was born in a Christian home. I, I was very fortunate that um, my parents raised me as a born-again Christian. My mom shared the gospel to me at a very young age. My parents actually met at church. Um, they were both in the choir, and that's how I sort of got into um, music, if mm-hmm. you can't tell. Yes. So um, music was a very big part in our family. So as I was growing up, it was very natural for me to get involved. The music ministry, mm-hmm. the church that I used to go to was a non-denominational church. So um, a lot of the, um, a lot of a lot of the elements in our music ministry involved a lot of contemporary things. So like um, we had a big band, we had some lights and some fog machines, you know, wow, all of that. (laughs) It was, it was very glamorous, like, like growing up, but you know, I I was heavily involved in ministry and I I was baptized at a young age. Um, What else? What else? So when you say baptized at a young age, this means at an age that you are able to comprehend the gospel, you know who Christ is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I I just want to clarify because I know that they are like baptism of babies and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to. I wasn't baptized as a baby. Like I think the church that I went to um, understood enough that um, a valid baptism is a believer's baptism. Mm -hmm. So um, I was baptized. Like it, it was what I want to say I was 15 years old. There had certain things in my life that, um, allowed me to come to an understanding of the gospel more and more. Mm -hmm. The thing about my testimony is that there has never been a moment like most people where it's like the one and done sort of thing that like, Oh, this big, tragedy happened mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. And from then on, I, I followed Jesus and and the rest is history. I just kept following him. Mm-hmm. But because I was born in a Christian home, it was just this constant growing up constantly, mm-hmm. um, learning more about Christ, um, falling down, falling into sin, um, and then rediscovering God's grace and then mm-hmm. picking him picking me back up and and moving forward again and there's a lot of that there's a lot of that I find um I guess are patterns in my life mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm uh, to this day. I'm still growing. I I moved out here six years ago. I mm-hmm. want to say from the Philippines, and um, even when I moved, 
um, I, I discovered the God of the Bible in a big way um, mm-hmm. when I ended up leaving my former church. And I was serving out over there, but then I came to discover like certain preachers and certain um, scriptures that made me take a hard look, I guess, at how I was doing ministry and my growth as a believer. And I was like, huh, I I think I need to increase in sanctification, but it's Mm -hmm. not going to be at this church anymore. Um, So that was when the Lord eventually pulled me out of that and then planted me in a church that was much closer to home for me. It was like 10 minutes away before I was driving like 30 minutes away to go Mm -hmm. to church and um, was doing life with a community that all lived in different parts of California. Mm -hmm. So we we weren't really even like close to each other. There Mm -hmm. was no opportunity for like that life on life. Um, sort of thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I moved, that's when I met you. <laughs> I met all of you. <laughs> all of us. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to something that you mentioned um, before. And it it is that you, everything that you had in your life, it was just a Christian life. That mm-hmm. The environment, it was surrounded by Christians and mm-hmm. your parents, uh, both of them are Christians. And you didn't have that sort of like dramatic experience with, you know, your walk with the Lord. And I really love that. You know why? Because not everyone comes from a dramatic um, lifestyle. Not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. And I think it is important to understand that just because you were born into a Christian home, it doesn't mean that you inherit Mm-hmm. salvation. Absolutely. You still need the savior. You still yeah. need that understanding of the gospel. Mm-hmm. If you are born in a in a Christian home and you can easily just really convince yourself that you are a believer. Yeah. But it's like the Lord through his word is the one who has to like show us like our our fallenness. Yeah. And that we deserve hell. Yeah. That's almost I I want to say that's almost what happened to me that was the initial I guess um mark mm-hmm. the, that um began my my maturity and my and pursuing holiness mm-hmm. there had been a situation in my family without getting into too much detail but um my family almost was on the verge of splitting up there was mm-hmm. a point when that when that happened and that was when the holy spirit sort of like challenged me mm-hmm. was like you know, you, you say, you say you grew up in a Christian home, but is your faith inherited? Like it, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to make your faith your own. Like you're meaning like you're supposed to have your own relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. not what other people around you are telling you. And yeah. I started to take a good look, like a good assessment mm-hmm. at my faith, um, realizing that, yeah, all this time I had just been saying that I love Jesus because mom and dad love Jesus mm-hmm. and, or my friends from, from Sunday school or children's mm-hmm. church love Jesus. And it was so easy for me to do that because again, my world was saturated with these people. But then when that moment came and, and it was like, my family might break apart. Will I still hold on to Jesus after this? That mm-hmm. was the moment where I would say my, that was actually the day that I got baptized. Wow. So that was the day that I realized that, yeah, I, I do want to follow Jesus regardless whether I come home to a complete family or not. Jesus yeah. will still be my Lord. I will still call him my father. So it was really God's grace mm-hmm. um, that that allowed me to come to that realization 
because when I think about so many of my friends who were in that same batch, I guess, not a lot of them came to that decision when, when Mm -hmm. they were faced with tough choices. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them are not in the faith anymore. Some of them claim to be believers, but their lifestyle is completely different. Meaning, um, I guess the, was more of just like a peer pressure sort of mm. thing, like what was in the moment and in the yeah. moment that the Lord took them out of that, their faith crumbled. Yeah. So foundations are really important. Like like um the the parable in Matthew where uh, talking about if you're building your house upon upon the rock or on the sand, like those are so mm-hmm. important. Do, are you building your faith which is stable, which is sure, which is true? Or mm-hmm. are you building your faith on the sand, which mm-hmm. is like, could be anything that just like crumbles. Like, are you building it on your current earthly re- relationships or what you're feeling in the moment or because yeah. it gives you some sort of satisfaction or benefit or money or <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And yeah. I think uh, one of the best times for us, you know, our true faith is during trials. Mm-hmm. When trial comes, that's like, the Lord allowing us to see how strong our faith is. Uh, do, do we really love Christ mm-hmm. that much that we are still, you know, holding on to our faith that we're clinging to Him, or do we have a faith that crumbles mm-hmm. when trial comes? You know, mm-hmm. and I think that is just a blessing from the Lord too that He allows trials in our life mm-hmm. just to see the kind of faith that we have. Yeah, I think it was Pastor John who said that sometimes trials are a gift or we should see trials as mm-hmm. um, God's grace to us. Because mm-hmm. if our life was easy, we would never have a need for God. We would never see mm-hmm. ourselves like coming to the Lord and asking him for his help. Yeah, And and that's judgment towards us. If we don't mm-hmm. see a need for God, that's Romans 1 right there. Mm-hmm. Like people were um, succumbing to their own fleshly desires. And what did God do? He He just mm-hmm. left them to their to their desires. Like you pursue um, relationships that you want to pursue or you do the things that you want to do. That's judgment. Exactly. So trials are meant for us to come back mm-hmm. to our roots, to come back, remember the foundations that were laid for mm-hmm. us. Although you were born into a Christian family and you came to know the Lord at a very young age, um, were there some things that you as a believer struggle with? Like, mm. what were some of the things that you struggle in your own faith? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a really good question because the struggle struggle is still there, I will say. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess growing up, teenage struggles of fitting in, you know, wanting to belong, to be to be loved. <laughs> um, actually, to segue, like relationships were like a big struggle for me. I guess I was looking for love in all the wrong places. So I got into a relationship after another and hid it from my parents for the most part. My longest relationship was four years and the guy just ended up cheating on me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that was another hallmark, yeah. I guess, of my faith <laughs> um, yeah. where uh, the Lord opened my eyes and and revealed to me that, hey, you're looking for love in all the wrong places when mm-hmm. I am the lover of your soul. And why are you pursuing? Um, what What is that? Um, you're pursuing all of these lovers, but here I am. I'm the one pursuing you. I think that that was... Hoseo, the one where God asked him to uh, marry, a, marry prostitute. a prostitute. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so, yeah. I love that story. <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. it's just to really yeah. see how the Lord felt. Yeah. 
yeah. toward Israel. So yeah, exactly. That was a very vivid picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I felt, and I, I was like that. Like I yeah. lambasted God's love for a good chunk of my college. I want to say even high school to college mm-hmm. life. Convinced that I was a believer, and I think that it was really the Lord's grace that still. I, he was holding on to me. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the most beautiful things is is realizing that it's not so much about you holding on to Christ. It's Christ holding on to you, like keeping your mm-hmm. faith together. Because like I was mentioning earlier, a lot of my friends who I grew up with in the church, like they're not believers anymore. Yeah. And and I I come to wonder like, how am I still here? Like how it it brings me to tears when I think about it. Now, like I'm in this position where I'm thinking, how can I reach my friend? How can I share the gospel with my friend? And then I remember like the Lord's grace to me, like thinking of all the things that I did in the past to that, that I, I was the one who deserved to be on the cross, you know, and, and, and take, but he took it and, and not only that, but he he kept me. He held me. I love the song, He Will Hold Me Fast. Like that's, oh, yeah, that's the it. song that I'm thinking of in my head right now because that song is my life. Like yeah. when I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. Like, gosh, I can't think of, or I can't tell you how many times like those, those moments came into my life where you know, my dad was, uh, was out of a job and where would we, where would we get the money to, for, school to go to college. And all of a sudden, like, I know for most people, it sounds so absurd to hear stories like, oh, the money came from somewhere. Like somebody sent a check in the mail, but it happened. It happened to us, like to me and my family. And I can only, um, I can only credit that to God's grace. I can relate to that, like the whole growing, well, not growing up with uh, believers, friends, but the church where I got saved, Mm. the friends that they were raised in a Christian home and um, they've heard the gospel, I think, like their entire life. Mm -hmm. And now, honestly, their life, it's like they left Christ. It's Mm -hmm. like they have left their faith and Mm -hmm. some of them are even not claiming that they're more probably Jewish than Christian. And Mm -hmm. just because all the idea of the world, you know, has a great impact in your own life. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something that happened to me too. And now, you know, that I went through that, it's like, but the Lord was so faithful to just drag me back and bring me back on track that my prayer is that the Lord will do the same to them. He will bring bring them back to their faith, to their Savior. Because it's really sad just to see someone that you used to be in Bible studies, you Mm -hmm. know, and like serve in church together. And then all of a sudden it's like, they have given up their faith yeah. to fo- to follow their own lust and yeah. their own desires. And that's why, you know, having a good foundation in scripture is so important. Um, when, when I was uh, eventually growing, like after coming out of that really bad breakup, you know, and, and um, going back into scriptures, falling in love with the Lord again, that was when I sort of like discovered I guess the doctrines of grace and and mm-hmm. um, going through. I went through John and Romans and and Ephesians and James and looking at all of these um, big truths that were in the Bible and and by God's grace, I had never wrestled with them. Like I never found it hard to accept mm-hmm. because the way that my life played out or the way that the Lord allowed my life to play out, I saw them become very real. 
Mm-hmm. So when I started discovering these things, and I didn't have a name for it at that time, I did not understand what total depravity was. <laughs> I did not know um, like election and things like yeah. that. I, I didn't understand them. But when I came to read them in scripture, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And that's God's grace to me. Like mm-hmm. he, he predestined me before the foundation of the world because he knew, he knew that I would that I would be here, mm-hmm. that he he knew he was going to hold me, to keep me, yeah. and that I'm still a Christian today. We can really only credit, like you and I, our stories, mm-hmm. we can really only credit it to God's grace. To God's grace, yeah, that he is a merciful and a faithful father, yeah. you know, because if we just, like, if I go back and thinking about how my life was after I had claimed to be a believer, but I wasn't living like one. Mm. And then it's like, literally, I can tell you, it's the Lord who took me out of that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember just like crying out to the Lord for his help because yeah. I was like, I'm stuck. Yeah. How yeah. is it that you decide to move here to California? So you said you moved to LA six mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. What was the reason uh, behind it? So my grandfather actually served in the Korean War. So he's mm-hmm. a war vet. Mm-hmm. And um, I forgot which administration. I think it was the Clinton administration, I want to mm. say, was the one who awarded him citizenship. He was the first one here, him and my um, grandmother, and basically petitioned our entire clan <laughs> to move yeah. out over here. All his kids and, and their kids, which includes us. That petition went out. It's been like, what, 25 years ago? And it only okay. got approved like seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. So it took long that process. long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It took that long. We almost even thought that it was never going to come anymore. And mm-hmm. that caused, um, when it did come, that caused a lot of complications because mm-hmm. that was the time when I wasn't sure if I, if I was going to go to school or not. We were like, should we use the money that we received for tuition or should we put it towards like the plane ticket or that sort of thing? We decided to move. My family and I sat down and we we're like, hey, what's the best decision for us? Like, we're actually okay here in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. We're not really like, um, we're not really having a hard time. We're not rich, but the Lord has been kind to us in giving mm-hmm. us just what we need. Mm-hmm. But um, my my parents, bless them, they, they decided that moving to the States would be the best decision, um, thinking about my brother and I. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, oh, the, the kids would have better opportunities there. Like maybe we could just move there for them. And then when they're set up, like let's just move mm-hmm. back. But they're still here because now – my mom and all her sisters are taking care of my grandparents in their old age. So it's really a blessing to just be all together at at the very least here in the United States. It made moving or I guess immigrating from a different country a little bit easier Mm -hmm. knowing that there were so many of us who were on the same path, on the same journey. So Mm -hmm. we, we were hand in hand, like going through things together. Yeah. Yeah. And so now that you're here in LA and you're singing and and I know that you were so you previously were part of Grace Community Church. Mm-hmm. You were a member of Grace Community Church and you were serving in different areas in yeah. music at the church. Are you continuing to do that now that you moved to I it's funny you ask that because I'm in a very weird transition period Mm -hmm. because of what happened with COVID. Some churches, including the one that I moved to, um, haven't been able to meet in person. So Mm -hmm. I'm currently going through my membership process. I Mm -hmm. haven't been um, voted in yet necessarily, Mm -hmm. 
So I haven't been able to um, exercise any any spiritual gifts or mm-hmm. or opportunities in ministry haven't popped up for me just yet. But I am eager. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it looks like the the church that I'm moving to, which is my husband's husband's church, Nate's church. They're they're also really excited to have me. They're already asking me about mm-hmm. like singing opportunities and if I could serve in their children's church or Sunday mm-hmm. school, however your church is familiar to uh, yeah, yeah. to call it. But yeah, I, I'm really eager to in those areas, especially as a newlywed who looks to or who hopes to um, grow a family, like mm-hmm. I would love to serve in the capacity of like serving children or teaching them, it's kind of like as a training, I guess, for motherhood yeah. someday. But yeah, for now, my my ministry is in the home, like trying yeah. to serve my husband, serve his um, to his needs as much as I can. One thing that I am learning is that um, he is more neat than I am, <laughs> which wow. is uh, which is very like, different yeah. for for most households, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, he he likes things cleaned a certain way, and mm-hmm. I'm trying my best to learn that. <laughs> so trying to uh, you see for me that that's my game. Yeah, I I, I like things in certain way. Yeah, like, you yeah. know. <laughs> and does Richard sometimes get annoyed by it already at some point? I don't know. I have to ask him because he's also like anytime that I ask him to do something, he's very kind that he just yeah. do, does it. He goes. He doesn't like grumble or anything. Yeah, he just goes yeah. and do it. For me, it's a <laughs> challenge because. Yeah. Coming into marriage, it's like you have this certain expectation of yourself as mm-hmm. a wife. Like people put expectations on you. Yeah. Like you're supposed to be the keeper of the home. You cook, you clean, you do the laundry, you do all of these things. You work, work, work. And also at the same time, like do uh, do your job like full time. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we got married, by the way, we got married literally like the day before the, the, shutdown. Shutdown. the shutdown. Yeah, because the shutdown was like March 15. We got married March 14. So we That's were really crazy. fortunate for that to happen. But yeah, as soon as um, we got married, for some reason, I put all of these expectations on myself. And so the first couple of weeks were a struggle, like trying to adjust, trying to get to know each other. Like yeah. I had to battle a lot of insecurities. There mm-hmm. was a point because uh, during the peak of COVID, um, church members would sometimes like, you know, they'd drive by your house and drop off some food, you know, <laughs> and, and and that was so sweet. That was a sweet gesture. Yeah. But I had to battle a lot of insecurity because I'm like, am, am I not providing for you enough? Am I not? Am I not cooking well? <laughs> and he's like, no, no, that's not oh it. Goodness, just, it's this so is funny. just the church. This is just the church, like yeah. being the church. Like you have to accept that. <laughs> and They're I'm blessing like, you. I know. And I, I, I don't know what it is, yeah. like whether it's the fact that like I came from Grace which was like a huge church and mm-hmm. and therefore like the circles that we'd run in because it's such a huge church we'd have to like group ourselves into like these smaller fellowship yeah. groups but yeah. because my fellowship group was just our bible study you know um there was not a lot of opportunity to do that be- with everyone being so far away or sparsed out yeah but over here in this smaller church it's like only about 50 to 60 people yeah. and um there's a lot of older ladies there so I'm trying my best to like connect with them. It's a learning process. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, I get you. Did I, did I, did I even answer your question? I oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're good. Tangent. You're good. You're good. So talking about you just got married. So yeah. give me the short version of how you meet and get to. Yeah. Your, yeah. You and Nate. We met at my old church. 
Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, um, I mentioned earlier, my church is a satellite branch of a larger church in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And we had both um, grown up in the Philippines. We had just never met. The funny story, or the irony rather, is that he and my cousin were actually in a small group together, but I had just never met him. Wow. Yeah. And until I moved here and he had been, at that time, he had been living here already for about like eight years or so. Mm-hmm. And we met, we became friends. We were friends for about a good year and we served in ministry together. We we were uh, doing the youth ministry together. So we would serve the high school and early college kids. He was the youth coordinator because they didn't have a youth pastor at mm-hmm. that time. And I was the worship leader. We would have meetings constantly, you know, and um, sometimes our meetings would end up just being the two of us. We do a planning thing and um, meetings would get extended to dinners <laughs> <laughs> or dinners would get extended to movies. <laughs> so, um, the it was very innocent yeah. i want to say i think i think at some point it was moving a little bit too fast because mm-hmm. i had only been in the states for about a year when that was all happening mm-hmm. so not even a year sorry I, I i think it was less than a year so nate my um then friend <laughs> now my husband but mm-hmm. then he was my friend he had um enough maturity to sit me down and say hey you know i know you're new here in the states and I don't. I just don't want your first friend here to be a boyfriend. So um, I'm gonna let you do you. We'll we'll regroup. <laughs> to yeah. Say you do you. We'll regroup. <laughs> wow. So yeah. So I I forgot exactly the way that he said it, but I came out of that conversation thinking like, I think I like this guy more now. <laughs> but yeah. So men take notes. <laughs> let the girl be. <laughs> She'll come back around. <laughs> After that conversation, we just did more ministry together. We we really immersed ourselves in the life of that church, um, mm-hmm. got involved in the lives of the kids that we were serving. We really loved on them. After about a year of that, a year of friendship, a year of serving, um, it was at a, um, what was it? It was an assessment meeting, but it became a dinner. <laughs> Another dinner. Yeah. <laughs> but it became a dinner with just the two of us. And we yeah. were talking about a retreat we had just planned and we were congratulating each other because it had, it had gone so well. And when we went to get um, dessert afterwards, moved to a different location, we just started like opening up about um, each other's lives and seeing um, where the Lord has brought us and certain explaining certain convictions and seeing that, oh, we actually like agree on a lot of things when it comes to like principles. So after that, he was like, hey, want a date? <laughs> Wow. He said it no, I'm kidding. He said it more more romantic than that. Um he he gave me a call after that dinner mm-hmm. and was like, you know, I, I've been thinking about um our friendship a lot and you know, after getting to know you, um, how did he say it? It it was like there's only one of two things that could happen after sharing what we shared yeah. the other night. Either we could walk away from this saying like, I really don't want anything to do with this person anymore, or we could pursue one another in a relationship. And I was wondering if you would be interested in pursuing a relationship with me. And I'm like, you know, let me think about it. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) 
that's no, I just was yourself. I know it was just to myself, but um, on the outside, I was like, let me ask my mom <laughs> because remember how yeah. in all in all, in my past relationships, all, in all of my past relationships, I hid that from my parents. So that was the first thing that was like that hit my mind. Like, hey, you know, I I want to do it right. So the first thing I did was like, I went up to my mom and I was like, mom, Nate just asked me if uh, he could court me because um, in Philippine culture, like that's what you ask first. It's not like an official um, boyfriend, girlfriend status yet. Mm -hmm. I learned how different that was um, when we met up with some friends for counseling (laughs) afterwards. But yeah, yeah, um, I asked my mom like, hey, Nate is asking if he could court me. And she was like so excited because she loves Nate. She she's seen him preach like she knows he's a godly guy. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy for you. Oh, Anak, (laughs) I'm so excited. Anak is a child. (laughs) And and, and so she was excited. She loved Nate from the beginning and and had been praying apparently for that to happen. And my dad was like, hmm. Okay, we'll uh, invite him over for dinner and uh, we'll talk. So my dad was a little bit more standoffish. And that goes into another story altogether. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how we eventually started dating. And we dated for four years. And now you guys are married. Yes! Yes! Thanks, God! <laughs> yeah. Thinking of your, um, of your life and the journey that the Lord has brought you into in your Christian walk, what are some of the things that you're just so thankful. What do you praise God for? Hmm. Aside from my salvation. (laughs) Yes. Aside Aside from my salvation, I would say uh, the biggest thing is community, really. Mm. Like having a community to press into, lean back on um, whenever I run into trouble or whenever I'm struggling with certain things. Like I, I noticed that it if it wasn't for having a strong group of friends who I know are solid believers, like just help me through it. I want to say even um, in my in my previous years, like even the friends who aren't even Christian anymore, like for a season, they considered themselves as believers and they helped me wrestle through certain things in my life. Like the Lord allowed that. Yeah. The Lord allowed that for my sanctification. The biggest thing is community. And even now, as I go through this transition period in my membership with this weird climate that we're in with COVID, staying indoors, you know, being away from the church, um, being away from friends that I know and love from Grace, you know, and and Mm -hmm. trying to move into this new church. It's really been the community of believers who Mm -hmm. have supported me, given me advice, like, whenever I mention anything profound or try to share anything, it, it's not because like I'm some superstar Christian, you know, mm-hmm. who, who has her devotions and quiet time absolutely mm-hmm. on point every single day of the week. Like mm-hmm. that's not, that's not me, at mm-hmm. least in this season of my life, I'm learning and I'm mm-hmm. constantly learning, but I stand on the shoulders of some Christian giants, like pastors, pastor friends and, and just, solid believers who I I know their life well and they know me yeah. well so that they could speak into things. One of the things that um, I guess became beautiful to me or I realized later on in my life and then became beautiful to me was realizing that I wasn't just saved unto God, but mm-hmm. I was also saved unto a people. Mm-hmm. Like that was something that was like, 
oh, so that's the importance of the local church. Like, it's mm-hmm. not so much, um, it's not just being part of the universal church, but mm-hmm. having a local community that you could run to for refuge whenever you're in trouble. Like, that's what the Lord created the church for. And also mm-hmm. to call you out on your sin. Like, if if there's something in your life that is not lining up with scripture, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so glad that I have... I have friends who are bold enough and yeah. and I trust enough to tell me, hey, you know, um, this this should change. This isn't right. And mm-hmm. I trust them enough to know that they're saying this out of love mm-hmm. for me, that they are for my good and for God's glory. So I'm very thankful for for the community, for, for church. Mm-hmm. And we began talking about Christmas mm-hmm. uh, this episode. So what are some of your plans, you and Nate, now that your guys are newlyweds and... Yeah. What are your Christmas plans for this year? It's tough because <laughs> we both have big families. Mm. And, um, well, it's it, actually, I, I don't want to say it's too tough because, again, my family celebrates Christmas on the eve and his family is more, I guess, American. So they celebrate on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. But because of what happened this year, everything that happened this year, one of our big plans supposedly was to go to our home country, go to the Philippines, and just kind of like explore our motherland um, with each other because we had never done that before. We had never traveled together. So that's mm-hmm. something that we might do. Not not sure yet um, if, uh, if we'll still be able to purchase tickets at this time, but <laughs> Lord willing, we're going to try and travel. If not, um, just spend time with family, like establish traditions, mm-hmm. um, as newlyweds that we find that to be really important. Like for Thanksgiving, we didn't really like celebrate with our, with our families. We did like a trip, um, by ourselves and, mm-hmm. and that's just to, you know, establish some space <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and also establish like our own traditions yeah. as, as a unit of our mm-hmm. own. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> if 2020 taught us anything, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Only the Lord knows the future, yes, right? Exactly. And we just need to trust him yeah. that he's fully in controlling. He is still in his throne. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Of and I'm course. super excited for now. Listen, you sing a beautiful song, your one of your favorite songs. Yes. Along with our dear friend Silva. And the song is called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled joyful all ye nations rise join the triumph of
Christ by highest heaven adored Christ the everlasting Lord Late in time behold him come Offspring of the virgin's womb Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. On the next episode of Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. It's just kind of ironic how during the birth of Christ, people were seeking that political change. They were seeking someone to come and relieve them from the Roman government. And here we are in 2020, people are wanting a political 
deliverance. They're wanting a society be changed, driven by politics. But actually, as Christians, we know that that is something that's never going to happen. We have the power of Christ and His Holy Spirit and the Father, all three in one, dwelling in us.